Welcome to another Consider This. Uh, I am your host for uh, today's discussion. And uh, uh, in the studio today, we have um, Drew Moss, one of our college pastors. Hello. And we have Justin Ebert, one of our um, young uh, what, what do high school students love to be called today? Do they have like a special name? Uh, rebellious. Rebe- <laughs> no, that's not it. Uh, students. <laughs> young adults. Young adults. Young okay. Adults. So he's uh, works with our young adults. Actually, no, you don't. You work with our high school students. Yes, I do. Okay. And, uh, and then we've got our intern who is with us, who is a church planter in Poland to be, uh, Mac Johnson. And he is here as well. Okay. Um, basically, what we want to talk about today, we got a new uh, book series that we're going to be starting. We're finishing up 1 Corinthians, and we're going to be starting in the book of Acts. And I uh, thought we would basically give an opportunity for our people to hear a little bit about um, some things that they can uh, be expecting as we uh, gather together on Sundays and worship. Um, as you probably are aware, uh, it, it can happen from time to time that people show up late for a worship service. And uh, I think it's good for us to even to note that when we talk about a worship service, we're not just talking about the song aspect of it. Sometimes we can be guilty of even mm-hmm. referring to that aspect of the, there's the preaching and then there's the worship, but no, the, the whole context of the service is worship. And so the, the title that we're using for this, consider this is don't be late for church. And uh, more than just, you know, it's just rude and we should try to do our best to show up on time. I mean, I've walked into the service late. Um, I want to talk more about the what what is happening and what are we doing as we gather together as the people of God to uh, to worship Him and to do that together. What is going on specifically in our uh, in our services? And so there's a regular format that we usually follow, which begins with a welcome, and then there's a, a call to worship a reminder about what's going to happen. And then typically speaking at Sunnybrook, we sing a number of songs together and then we mm-hmm. gather around uh, the, 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 the the communion event. And then we uh, have an opportunity to have the word preached and then we're usually dismissed and sent out. That's kind of the normal format. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be making um, a few changes uh, in light of this act series and in light of um, maybe some convictions that are growing in our hearts, how we can possibly do this in a way that both honors God and encourages and builds up our people a little bit better. And so um, one of the primary ideas that we want to try to get across is how everyone can get a sense, a greater sense of uh, an awareness of the presence of God and an active participation in that. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you just talk a little bit, Justin, I'm going to kind of point it at you first, to talk a little bit about some of the things that our people um, should be aware of um, and some things that we're going to be basically underlining. Not, not, not much is going to be necessarily radically different, but um, we want to point out that this is why we're, that we're having a change. We're not trying to create some new novel way of doing it. We're not trying to mix it up. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot more of, a, of, of thought behind it and a lot more of even an intentionality. So, um, so describe a little bit about the change and why some of that change is, is going to happen. Sure. I'll back up a little bit and try to describe what we're trying to move away from a little bit. So um, it has been talked about a lot, but yet we still see it. There's this mentality that when I come into the church, I am coming to receive something. I'm coming to consume in that aspect. And so you've heard us talk about that, I'm sure. 
um, that we don't want to just be consumers of a product or that this is not just some type of country club um, that we're members of and we get these cool benefits like going to the pool together, right? Um, the other thing that we are trying to move away from a bit is a subtle, non-intentional focus on people over something, someone else. And so in the past, like Jim described, we come, we sing, and it kind of all leads to the focus of the, um, the service, which is the sermon. And that's just kind of how it's been in evangelical churches for some time, including ours. And so what we're wanting to do is be a little bit more intentional with how we do what we do. And first, that starts with, you may have noticed if you've come, we're going to invoke and call out the fact that we're entering into the presence of God. And sometimes that means just being silent before that. Sometimes it might mean singing a song to recognize that. But the first part of the service, we want to be very intentional about entering into God's presence, that there is this strange, mysteriously yet true reality that the resurrection of Jesus isn't just something that happened in the past, but Mm. it's something that Mm. we encounter and participate in in a unique way when we come together as a group of believers. And that significantly changes how I sit, stand, pray, do anything in that room on that Sunday with that group of believers. Mm. Right? Um, It it changes it from an ordinary time to a a unique, holy, spiritual um, kingdom time. It changes that room or any room, whether it's a house church or whether it's our sanctuary, the big house, as we like to call it, into this holy place where the kingdom is coming, where the presence of God is via the Holy Spirit. And then after we have acknowledged that we're encountering the presence of God, we want to hear from God. And so we're going to hear the word um, spoken over us, and then we're going to have somebody preach um, and expound on that word yeah. to help us understand what it meant, what the author meant, what those timeless principles may have been, and then what that means for us today as a church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, 2,000 years after it was written. And then what does it look like to respond? And so rather than worship songs being what we use to lead up to the sermon, it is now a response Mm -hmm. to having encountered and heard from God. And then, and truly lifting up what we, a big highlight for us over these next few months will be lifting up the communion, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, where we have this unique opportunity to participate and be part of what God has done through Jesus in the past, um, what that means for us now, and even looking forward to the future, all in this one moment, and trying to be way more intentional with how we talk about it and how we participate in that. And even doing a better job of like sending our people out, having yeah, a benediction, yeah. having a challenge, a, a, not just a sermonic challenge, but like a, in light of what we've learned today about God, um, about the text, about um, mm-hmm. even about ourselves in terms of our own brokenness. Yes. Um, how God may have even spoken to us personally. Yes. Right. So entering into the presence of God, hearing from God, and responding to God in a unique way with the assembly of. God's people, God's covenant people on the Sunday morning is what we're trying to highlight. Drew, you you did something years ago, which I'm I'm, I'm I'll be eternally grateful for. Um, before you pray, you stop. You remember this, mm-hmm. and then and you described it one time. I think I always noticed you did it. I just thought it was, you know, your way of 
it's very natural to you. It's I don't ever feel yeah. like it's forced. It's kind yeah. of this natural. So you would stop and wait, and yeah. we would all kind of <laughs> kind of look around for a second because yeah. you know you know it's usually we would say, "Hey Jim, will you pray?" Sure, I will. God, head in heaven, <laughs> thank you. You know, but you would wait a moment yeah. and um, talk to us a little bit about that, and then sure. maybe how that can even help us understand what Justin was describing about that time of reflection. Yeah, I I had a uh, a youth minister it was literally uh, for. It was, my very last senior year, uh, yeah, my senior year is only like the last semester of that. I had a youth minister there named Art Matheny who used to, he was the first person I ever heard do that. And, hmm. and it was kind of odd, but, but I remember him talking about how his own tendency, and this is so true of me, to kind of rush into the presence of God without even giving a thought as to what I'm about to do mm-hmm. and what that is. And, and I wish I could tell you that the pause itself prohibits me from ever doing that. No, but it I is, know, I, uh, I still have a tendency to do that. But it is one step that, you know, try to. And like I said, I, I don't actually think about it now. Um, my wife might tell you it's just because I do everything super slow. Um, <laughs> because I'm slow to get around in the morning. I'm slow to make things happen. And I'm, you know, I just, I just enter into things slowly. But I, I mean, it's one step I do to t- try to make sure um, – Make sure that I don't rush in. Make sure that I'm actually thinking about, man, I'm, I'm about to talk to the creator here. I'm about to uh, have a conversation with and, and bring some requests before mm-hmm. um, the God who's here and is present. And, and uh, I, I want to make sure I'm talking to him and not just kind of preaching a little devo to the people in the yeah, room as, yeah, I, as yeah. I speak mm-hmm. or saying inspirational thoughts or those kinds of things. You know? mm-hmm. And I think that is. That's, that's a little bit of what we're hoping to do here is to um, to do our service in such a way that we are pausing to acknowledge what's what's true, and that is that we are coming before the Creator, and we're coming before the God who redeemed us and created a people, His church, to come together and commune with Him and and worship Him each Sunday. So, anything else you want to add? I mean, Justin described in terms of that there is this this inv- this uh, this call, yeah, you know, the invocation, yeah, this call to. And then a uh, the, the word is given to us, and then there is a response. Yeah. In both the Lord's Supper communion, as well as the the the, the songs that we then sing back to God, yes. are a response to what we've heard. A response to who God is. Yes. Anything else you want to add? Well, to? Let me, uh, I want to take actually a step back to the title you kind of gave at the beginning. Yeah. Don't be late for the, church. Yeah. Don't be late for church. And and I just it had me kind of thinking through uh, comments you you've talked about, Jim. Hearing people say is you know well I I don't. I generally kind of take my time and I get there a little bit late because the, the worship part doesn't do much for me. Like, I'm, I'm more of a sermon person. I like to hear the word taught. I like to, and some people say the, the opposite. The, the opposite, sermon's not exactly. really my thing. They walk out that early. Doesn't, yeah, that doesn't do much for me, but the, the music thing is. And, 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 and people will talk like that, and I may not say that out loud, but have, have thought or at least acted in that manner sometimes, yeah. kind of lackadaisical in taking my time to get into the service because as long as I don't miss the sermon, then I'm, you know, that's what I'm really there for, you know. But um, just the the flaw, the flaws in that thinking. First of all, as though that this whole thing is for you, mm-hmm. um, for me to say, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't show up to my my son's birthday party until about midway through because kids' birthdays don't really do much for me. You know what I mean? Watching kids open, you know, and and you would say, yeah, but it's not for you. Yeah. Your kid's birthday is not why, you know, that's not the point. You're there for someone else, yeah. which is what we think, you know, in church, that they, we're, we're there for him and then for the body as a whole more than just for me, you know. But the second thing and, and where it differs from a kid's birthday party is if I'm not getting something from it, then something's wrong. Sure. That I ought to be by the by the the 
singing together with the body, declaring these truths about God ought to be doing something in me. And so if I'm not getting anything from, from it, uh, like then I need to stop and ask what is wrong in my own heart and in my own mind that mm-hmm. on either side, the sermon or the, the sermon or the worship or communion time, what is it that, that um, is not getting through into my heart in this moment that, it, that I'm not allowing to, be, to, to feed me in this, you know? We don't want there to just to be this, wow, I gained some knowledge today, good. I'm now smarter than I am yeah. when I came in, yeah. which yeah. may happen, and that's not a bad thing in and of itself. We're saying that when you encounter the risen Christ, when you sit in the presence of the Spirit with the body of believers, when you realize that somehow the presence of God is here, something will happen. And if not, if you're just coming in there and it's it's so lackadaisical and so yeah. routine and it's so informal that you just kind of come in and out without any change or any experience there, there's something, like you yeah. said, wrong with you. And I think the other thing we've got to realize, and I want our people to know, is we don't, this isn't for the staff either. Yeah. Like you're no, not you're coming right. to yep. hear Jim. Yeah. You're not coming to hear how creative yeah. and poetic Drew is or how hard Steve and the band worked on Wednesday night to do it well it is God who has assembled this and called us here yeah and I I would also say and don't assume one of the things I need to remember is don't assume that just because I don't feel like something happened that there wasn't actually something to that, that there wasn't benefit. Just be, don't assume when you sit down to eat a meal, you know, I didn't feel the nutrients going to my body, yeah, strengthening yeah, yeah. me yeah. and growing me. We it need, must not have, I, I must not need meals. We you know need what I mean? We able to see things unseen, right? Yeah, That's one yeah. way Paul describes it. There's this now new spiritual dimension, which is coming into the, what we only see and feel is physical. And that's harder to understand. We, we want the hairs to stand up on our arms. And if that doesn't happen, then ugh, I guess I guess it didn't happen. I guess the spirit wasn't here for me today. No, it's... Hmm. So, Mac, anything, you know, we talk a lot about order of service and how the order of service matters. And so one of the things that we're trying to do to, to draw attention, right? Would that be a fair way of saying yeah. it? To just yeah. draw extra attention to the responsive nature of gathering around the Lord's table, the responsive nature of us singing together um, these truths about God. Um, Mac, any thoughts on terms of how, like, th- that the order matters? Like, why would the order matter? Does it, does it, aren't these just independent pieces that you can just kind of move around or, or somehow do they lead better or can they at least lead better one into the next? Your thoughts? Yeah, kind of. So order matters to the extent at which we've thought about it. Hmm. I think our hmm. intentionality matters more than I, I would say the order. Hmm. If, if we have a great order, right, let's say this next, this next order that we come up with is the one Sonny Brooks like, man, we loved the way we did that. We love worshiping through song and singing together and then taking communion and then giving. We love that order as a response to the word of God. If we did that and we didn't even think about it, yeah. then there is a sense in which, like what Drew was saying, like there is still something going on that is bigger than what we can understand. Yeah. But I think God often calls us to be super intentional about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you see, I mean, you see that all through the process. I love it when God says, come up here and think with me. He says that a couple times. He says it to Job, and he, there he's being insulting, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but in Isaiah, he says it a couple times. He's like, come think with me. Like, think through the realities that you're participating in. Think about this. And I think that um, our struggle is if we come into a worship service and we think, oh, this is just an architecture that Steve has put together to make it nice. 
then yeah, your order doesn't matter. If you come into it and you think what Sunnybrook staff has done is submitted to the will of the Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm going to put these in two clear opposite categories for the sake of the point. If what Sunnybrook has done is come together to be able to listen to the voice of God through discerning his spirit, through thoughtful study, and trying to be obedient to who God is calling them to witness to at Sunnybrook Christian Church in the 21st century, then yeah, it really matters. And so I don't know if there is a perfect order. Yeah. I think it's culturally discerned and it is spirit led. Yeah. So our Catholic brothers and sisters, their order of service has been very consistent over time because they put the emphasis, the central piece of this worship service is the Lord's Supper. And that has been their emphasis. And you can ask, well, is that better? Well, I don't know. It depends on what culture it is. If you yeah. understand what you're doing, sometimes, like when I've gone to Mass, it's awesome. And other times, if I go to Mass and it's like, this is just how we've done things, then it really loses its its emphasis. So mm. I think an intentionality is a huge piece of it. The thing that I'm excited about is um, the willingness of Sunnybrook to not upset, but upset the order for the sake of putting emphasis on things that we need to put emphasis on. I yeah. think that's a really important piece that the peop- that our people need to understand because we don't just do things because we do them. Like we do things because we believe deeply theologically they resemble a deeper reality. It's like one of the things, as we've had some of these discussions weeks before this podcast, um, just about how worship is different. It's a different time. This is a holy time with holy people in a holy place because of the way in which we've organized everything. Um, We need to enter into that, like what Justin was saying, with a different understanding of how you do anything else. So our Catholic friends have that statement through architecture. Their architecture is theology. You walk into St. Mary's in Warsaw, and it blows your mind how magnificent it is. And when they sing together, how the voices echo up the halls. It hits you in a different way because their theology is, as you walk into this place that is set aside for the worship of the Holy One, it should change the way you do things. And so Catholic services do that. But we got rid of our architecture for the sake of <laughs> what? You know, we got for yeah, good reasons yeah, too. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad thing. So one of the things that's been really beneficial to me that as as we get into these next couple of weeks and the service order starts to change and and our norms are kind of unsettled, it'll be uncomfortable for a few people. And one of the things I found myself doing is running through some of the major worship throne room scenes of the New Testament, and that has been so beneficial for me. The last few weeks List, you, a couple, list a couple of those. Like. Yeah, so the ones I run to always is Isaiah 6. Yep. So Isaiah gets called up into the throne room. And then Daniel 7, yep. it's the the, uh, the Ancient of Days seated on the throne. I also like reading Revelation 1. I love seeing Christ as this combination of all the images that you see throughout the Old Testament of of Yahweh, the Father, and Christ is clothed with the same, the same words. Um, and then I really like uh, Revelation 4 and 5. Yeah. Like I really, I love sitting in those. So as a, if you've seen me in service, I've been, I've been seated most of the time, even in worship, because I just want to hear the saints sing mm-hmm. over me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one of the best things we can do as a people is, as things start to change, is to actually ask questions. Like, Why are we doing this? Yeah, why, why? Okay, why did we do that? This podcast is a great, starting point but the conversations have to continue on and then you know you run up and you ask drew hey why did we do the service this way and then drew says well here's why and that here's why is the opportunity where faith comes alive 
yeah. right? Yeah. It comes alive because you don't, you might not be able to understand it, but you have to trust and obey that this is what God is leading us to do at this time. You know, it's interesting because I want to ask a very simple, practical question. Um, do you come to church late, Drew? Um, yes. Yeah. How often? I'll, and I'll, I'll throw myself under. Sure. I mean, I'll no, be no, no. Too. Yeah, that's that's a good. And I, why? I, why do you why do you walk into yeah. a worship service late, Drew? Like, what is what are you doing? Yeah. Usually it is because uh, you're not late for staff meeting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, usually it's it's talking to someone in the lobby. Yeah. That's a lot of is talking to them or or going back and getting one other thing arranged in the office or getting one other thing printed or or if if I was teaching Sunday school sure. that day, spend a while talking in that and then going back and getting stuff straight in there and all those things. Things that I will um, things that I will justify in my head as reasonable and significant. And I think I think you could even say at times um, at times, yes, they're like justifiable or whatever, yep. but it's the practice of it or it's the, and a lot of times the other thing is when I, when I pause for a second, um, yes, I am late. A lot of times I'm there on time and barely is, is more probably what it yeah, is a lot of times. I'm too. like running in right before and then kind of looking for a spot and all that stuff. And so kind of rushed in there. So Justin, are you late? Most weeks now. Okay. How, how early do you get in and what do you do before the worship starts? Um, I try to get in the time when the band is playing kind of their preamble before the official service begins. And I'm trying to shake hands and say hi to people either that are in there early uh, because they don't have somebody in the lobby to talk about, talk to, or they don't feel comfortable, um, or just somebody I want to say hey to or encourage. Um, and lately honestly i've been trying to make it a point because we've been trying to emphasize that yeah um yeah. because there's something that well, having some problems there jimmy yeah if I both fell over. yeah there's something there is something about the intentionality of even me coming and coming into this place the right way yeah and i want to do better at that i don't just want to come in haphazardly and then just go through the motions and then walk out unchanged as if this isn't for me this is for that more immature brother or that non-believer yeah that's yeah. just I'm, a flawed way of thinking yeah i can be especially for second service um i can be consistently late and it is people catch me in the lobby and i try to make the opportunity to meet with people and talk with people and i'm not i'm not really asking for a pass one way or the other i i am I'm, I'm never glad about it i'm never yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stop and I'll reflect on what's happening. And I'm thinking to myself, this is Mac made a couple of mentions to our Catholic brothers and sisters. And I love the fact that when you enter into uh, a Catholic service, there really is a, and these are the steps to prepare yourself for the presence and participation with the people of God. This is what you do. And, um, I, I always feel strange walking in late. I feel like I've missed something. And like I like you said, Drew, I just I wish it would change me. <laughs> I, I wish I wish those convictions would run a little bit deeper. Um, so I mean, I don't think Steve's upset about it. I don't think it's actually more like I feel like I feel like I've taken something that really I should not have taken. Is is, is honestly the conviction, Mac? How, how do you do on that? Are you pretty good? I don't think I can remember a time where I've ever been late. Okay. Yeah. Good. But I don't think I did that on purpose. Are you? Are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's are not you? like I was like. Every Sunday, I have 10 minutes prior where I literally create a bubble and no one's allowed to talk. No, I think it's just you taught me as a child, if you're not early, yeah. you're dead. You're late. 
<laughs> That's how Which I grew if you up. Know Jim, that, that is probably how it went. I, I thought I just meant, hey guys, let's let's just try to do our best. That's I thought how I put it. I don't think ever once through my growing up uh, you said those words. Uh, Let me ask a question, <laughs> Jim. Yes, Justin. Do you guys believe to be true that there are those who could, or us, who could put together a service haphazardly, no intentionality? and the spirit to do something. <laughs> and then also on the other side, that yeah. we could put together the perfect orders, yeah. very intentionally, yep. very spiritually, yep. all the way around, and we still can't manipulate the spirit to move or people to respond in worship. My fa- One of my favorite lines, and I use it all the time, God hits straight licks with crooked sticks. Um, and that's the reminder that whether it's a sermon that is being preached or Steve on the stage with the, uh, with the, with the worship team, there is a sense in which they can nail it and 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 they slash we can miss it, or uh, the are the opposite. I I can nail a sermon. I can just totally get it. And even in my own heart and in my own mind, there is something that cannot be managed. Uh, I love the reminder that Jesus gives Nicodemus. Right, it's we're talking the wind, and so the wind cannot be controlled. It cannot be manipulated. And so if that is the aspect of the movement of the spirit and what is happening that I like how Max said it's about even being aware of the intentionality. I hear a lot of people that will critique a more liturgical service as it's just ritual. And I'm going, well, not if you don't treat it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to I mean, them, I, it's participation. It is participation. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done a lot of weddings recently, and I got another couple coming up. And, I mean, no one complains about, oh, look at all this stupid ritual. She's wearing that white. I mean, it's like somehow it's beautiful. She walks in, and, and we, we take we have a rehearsal. For the wedding and this is where you're going to stand and this is how you're going to walk and this is what you're going to wear i mean we go through that and i've never heard a bride complain about it why well because this is this is the time this is a time i've been dreaming about and planning for and so ritual is not negative in and of itself ritual also isn't going to obviously fix it and so at, at times even in the old testament you know we see the uh the, the prophets warn i wish you would stop with these rituals because empty somehow sacrifices. yeah they're empty sacrifices you've disconnected from it so that's what i love about the intentionality like there's nothing that we can do as a staff to prepare that will make the spirit work in you um so we, we always have to ask how are we doing in the in the with the intentionality um, not to even, I don't even like phrases, we're going to help the spirit. I, I even feel a little bit weird. I mean, it's probably another podcast. I even feel a little bit weird inviting God or inviting the spirit into our presence. Mm-hmm. Like somehow. As if he's not there. Because Yeah, as if like, hey, I don't know if you know God, we're about to start, and we just want you to know this is where we are, and we want to invite you. And yet, I mean, maybe it is good for me yeah. to invite God in there's a, I heard well I heard I remember it was like six seven years ago I heard Matt Chandler preach a sermon that I think he called under the faucet and the whole idea is that um, if the spirit is like water flowing from a faucet I can't control the faucet I have no control over that sure. what I can do is try to position myself under it so that mm-hmm. when the spirit when the spirit falls or whatever that I'm I'm there ready to receive and and I think that's what the intentionality of a worship service is meant to do, or even I think of Scott, and he may have stolen this from Dallas Willard or, or kind of um, shifted it a little bit. His his definition of spiritual disciplines is yeah, yeah, practices yeah. only I can do to prepare me for things that only the Spirit can do. Yeah, and yeah. so I don't by fasting or by solitude make the Spirit work. 
what I do is I put myself in a position yes. where the spirit can do the things in me that I, that I could never do. Um, and that's what I, I hope we're trying to yeah, do with our that. spirit. Yeah. And, and you could, by the way, you could, you could, plan and organize a service so strongly that you actually put yourself out of the way of the faucet because mm. you try to control everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what we're trying to do is just position ourselves, position our, our people in a way that we are ready to hear from and be changed by the Spirit as He speaks through the Word. And, you know, and one, one of the things, going back to even how you uh, start a prayer, Drew, by quiet reflection, one of the things that, uh, that I've been aware of, I've, I've voiced this in a couple of our contexts and our conversations, I want to make sure that we don't see just silence and reflection as the only way to respond to uh, or to even to prepare mm-hmm. for the work of the spirit yeah you know that there are other means by which we can actually do that so sometimes it's a little bit like i think i've seen i grew, I grew up in the area where everyone who was spiritual journaled or everyone who was spiritual did x right take and sermon so, notes take sermon notes so the only way to really deal with the word of god is 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 in this particular way and and I think it's important for us as a staff and for us as the, and as a church to realize no there are there are so many ways for us to do this, and and yet also to be very careful a consumer would go well that's not my way so I don't I, I can't get anything from it and I don't want anything from it. I, I don't see any value instead of saying you know that's not my normal way of doing it but I really have learned to appreciate like I'm a talker Drew you're selective you've got a certain discipline that I do not have. Um, I, I can't excuse that fact that there is something that I can actually learn through the value of silence or through the value of solitude. Um, and so as much as this, this, this uh, I won't say it's a new worship order because at, at many times throughout the year we'll actually start with a sermon and kind of do this mm-hmm. particular order. Now we're saying we're going to do it more regularly. Mm-hmm. And then trying to underline these things with our people, I love the reminder that we haven't figured out the perfect worship mm-hmm. order so that the Holy Spirit will now start working in our yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I think my reason why I love that let's take a moment to be silent and reflect is we are, in general, as a people, not good at being. Yep. Not not yep. practicing the with, the I'm okay to just be here and mm-hmm. in the presence of God because our lives are moving so fast Right, we're late to church because we're we have so many things to do, and then we're, we're going to rush out the doors because we've got something to do. That's just kind of how we go thing to thing, and there's not a lot of margin in some in our life, and so we're trying to create some of that, and so that's probably some of the why behind sure. that particular moment. Another piece, especially maybe with uh, with our, and I know it's everybody, but I'm thinking a lot about our family ministry team. Um, this preparation doesn't just start like five minutes before we get into a worship service. I mean, I, I love those people who actually prepare the night before, who are uh, somehow preparing themselves. I, I remember when the kids were young, and Andrew and I are somewhat in a in a in a hustle and bustle mentality. We're like we're rushing the kids in. We got to get drop them off here, and then we got to do this, and we got to do this. Okay, and now we got to worship, and it's just like my heart's not ready. Like my mind is going a million miles an hour, and I, I meet people and they, they describe it this way. And again, I don't know how much of that I can stop. Kids are going to be kids, and Sundays are going to be busy. But what can we do, as as Mackenzie described it? What can we do to try to uh, to redirect and to create a certain level of in, of, in, of intentionality? Um, you know, we're getting kind of near the end of our time. Any final thoughts in terms of just you know, I love the idea of how do we help our people. 
see the intentionality so there's a greater level of natural um, uh, participation in the process. Let's listen to the word of God and then let's respond at the table, uh, recognizing the presence of Jesus, recognizing the presence of the saints, uh, of other believers. Let's respond in worship and think through these truths about who God is. Anything else you guys want to add, Drew? Say a couple quick things. I'm trying to do a better job on Saturday nights when I pray with my kids, putting them down, that I'm praying for God to prepare them for church the next day, for the fellowship of other believers, for hearing the word of God, that the Spirit would make them ready. I'm also, a, a recent thing I'm trying to do is whenever we do like Bible story at night, which isn't like every night, which is, you know, a, a few nights a week, we, we get to it in the hustle and bustle, you know, but uh, just recently started telling them before we, before we open this, I, we're going to take 30 seconds to pray for God to speak to us through his word. Like that. And I'm hoping to put that, instill that mm. practice in them, that when we come to the word, whether it is individually or personally or as a family, or whether we come as the mm. church, that we come first asking God to speak and then ready to listen to what he may want to say that's to cool. us through that. You know, Because so. that's a different book, and so we're going to do it differently. Yeah, right? yeah. It's awesome. Justin. Mm. Um, come back to me later you go first well, Matt, the, go first no i, I got another question got for me? mac okay another question yeah um, well something that's specifically in this context I, I, sure. I i'm really curious to uh something one just other idea so, in general anyway, yeah. the, i had a conversation with a brother who recently started coming to this church and kind of was he was like hey what do you what are you reading i was telling him and he was just asking about how the church was going and some things coming up and he said one of the things i appreciate about sunnybrook is that you all are willing to ask the question, that you guys are willing to buck the norm, um, that not afraid to go where the Spirit's leading you. And I came from a church where that's not allowed. There's this cut and paste service, and that's going to be run at all these churches that they have. And there's not a lot of room to let any questions or any Spirit-led things to happen. And I think that's one of my, as I talk about this and think about this, I'm so thankful for this congregation um, that we have that spirit willing to follow um, what God is speaking through the scriptures or how he's leading us specifically by his spirit. Cool. I mean, honestly, that's one of my favorite things too, is I just, I love the fact that I get to work with both a staff and an eldership and even a church that is able to respond and to be grateful when the spirit moves. Mm -hmm. um, Again, that is our goal. Our goal is not to try to be novel or to try to, mm-hmm. we're not mixing things up to try to get people to show up. We're really not. I mean, we believe this is uh, something that will help us. Mm-hmm. That's what we believe, to recognize the presence of God um, and to, uh, to uh, I almost said allow, I want to be careful with some of that language, but to position ourselves, right? To position ourselves uh, so that the Holy Spirit will do the work that that it will do. So interestingly enough, the last question I want to ask you, Mac, is a little bit different, but maybe a little bit the same. You're getting ready to church plant in Poland, um, and we're excited about the work that you're doing. You and uh, Olivia headed to Poland. We've got another young couple that's about to head to Japan. And so there's these different contexts in which ministries happen. So I'm curious to know any thoughts about how even just the internal process that we've gone through or some things that we're doing that are beginning to shape you as a, a future church leader and church planter in a different context? Yes and no. Okay. Always. Yes. Give so, us the yes. So the yes is these are these are thoughts that we've had to actually wrestle with for a while because at Ozark, 
you're really not allowed to get out of there without thinking. Or if you do, I'm impressed. Um, so like, I mean, I took this class with Tom Lawson and we wrestled with all of these ideas already. Um, and so it was really beneficial for me then to think about it. And the, the thing that I appreciate now is running back at this with kind of a knowledge of how to do things more intentionally. The pieces that will really help us um, are those major- In Poland. Yeah, in Poland, the major institutional ideas. And what I have grown out of is that if we want to be a, a healthy church, we have to put the word at the center. And I think I've been able to look at each of the components of the worship service and submit to wherever I'm going to allow the eldership to be able to make those decisions. So mm -hmm. for example, when I go to Poland, their services in Polish. I'm not allowed to say, no, we, we need it in English, yeah, right? Like the worship yeah. service is for the people and for us and for God, and it's for, it's for our communion with Christ. It's just for a lot of different things. And if we don't, if I hadn't thought through these things, and if we never think through these things, we can always get caught in thinking the worship service is for the saints only. Yeah. And it's just in life, things are never just one thing. Yeah. They're just not. And so what this study and these think these thoughts have been doing is really unveiling the however many ideas that are central mm -hmm. to the worship service and allowing those to have their own say based on what the scriptures say and on what tradition has shown us and things like that to where I'm equipped to have those conversations with Rafael. Hey, when we plant the Rafael church- Rafael is actually one of the church leaders in Poland. Right, he's, o he's over the churches. So, so in three years or so, when we plant the church in Piotrkov, it's, okay, Rafael, are you okay if we do it this way, hmm. right? And I can have that conversation and Rafael can say, yeah, let's do it. Or he'll say, no, that won't work in Poland. Great, cool. So this this whole thing has allowed me to sit under other people's authority and go, I kind of be the in, the what, what do we joke? I'm the arrogant intern. Yeah. Hey, um, do we have to do it that way? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think you know that's one of the reasons why it's beneficial. We get to try it here in Sunnybrook before we go to Poland to do things. Try so, it out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how um, how important it is that we recognize the Spirit, respond to the Spirit. That's why we talk about repenting and believing. We talk about hey, what is God saying to you? And then how do you need to respond to it? And so uh, our, our series that we're going to be starting here in just a few weeks in the book of Acts is actually entitled Jesus Plainly Spoken. And you'll be hearing more about that particular series. Um, and not only do we pray that we'll have an opportunity to speak Jesus plainly, meaning both boldly and clearly, but that you'll be actually able to hear from him and that you'll be able to hear from the Spirit. And that it's not just the the specifics of the service. You know, Mac was describing how we need to be careful um, of, of of saying any one aspect of the service is central. I think from looking at Acts two forty two, it appears that the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer seem to all have very important parts. And I think we want to argue which is the central one. And God's like, why can't they all be just a, an integrated part? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's healthy for us to to kind of wrestle with that and to think through that. But let's remember the purpose is, is that God would be glorified and that uh, his people would continue to look more like him and be aware of his presence. That's how we become more like him. And so that really is our ultimate goal. Do not get lost um, in the details of uh, of, a, of a service order mm -hmm. and then fail to, to recognize the presence of the one that we're there to, that we're to serving. actually worship. Yeah, serving <laughs> and worshiping. So that is our goal. Uh, we hope this has uh, been a good 
preparation uh, for you that you've been able to consider some of these things. We would love to continue this conversation. And so if there is something that uh, um, that you would like to, to share your thoughts about, man, we'd love to, to have that conversation with you. Stop us anytime. We've got Steve and, and Ryan actually in the background, and Ryan's getting ready to become one of our new sound engineers, our mixer. <laughs> so anyway, grateful to have Stephen Ryan here too. Always want to give thanks for the guys behind the scenes. Uh, we love you guys, and we'll uh, we'll check you out on our next podcast.